Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Eyes Up Here. I'm your host, Lindsay Palos. Once again, we are here at the Focus TV studios in West Hollywood, California. And you can check this podcast out on eyesupheretv.com. And I have an Instagram now. It's Eyes Up Here TV. Go figure. So go add me on there. Um, today, I have a very special guest. She is beautiful. She is a model. She is an athlete. She is a registered nurse. She's a Jill of all trades. This is Lauren Drain. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. You're welcome. Of course. Lauren Drain, right? That's yes, how I say your name? Lauren Drain. What's your middle name? My middle name is Danielle. Okay. I like to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me Lauren Drain Fit on Instagram or Lauren Drain on Facebook. Yes. Or Lauren Drain on YouTube. There we go. That's a lot of Lauren Drain. <laughs> yeah, I've seen your name pop up on my Explore page and on my friends' pages for a very long time. Oh, wow. I think that you're one of the more like household fitness names when it comes to the internet. I'm trying. I'm trying to get there. That's for sure. That's a goal. Yeah. Lifetime goal. Yeah. How many followers do you have? On Instagram, I think it's 3.8 million. Ooh. On Facebook, 1.8 million. Holy shit. I'm, I'm working my way up there. That's a lot. <laughs> That's all. How'd you get that many followers? Um, honestly, I, I really poured myself into fitness about four or five years ago when Instagram was just starting to pop. Mm -hmm. Fitness became like kind of all the rage on Instagram. Yeah. A lot of fitness fads, fit, fit goals, things like this, a lot of trending things. So I really was growing my socials around that time. And I, over the past couple of years, it's been like a little more challenging to grow. Mm -hmm. um, but I did go out of my way to do a lot of uh, fitness competitions, fit collabs, collabs with different influencers and, you know, always, always looking for new, new collabs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Isn't that crazy? Four years ago yeah. where like, I was a bartender, <laughs> which is <laughs> I fine. I was a full-time but... nurse working night shift at two different hospitals trying oh. to afford my uh, fitness competitions. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> I want to talk all about that. Okay. So Lauren, where are you from? Um, that's a difficult question. So I was born in Florida, okay. raised in Florida and also in Kansas. I, uh, went to school and graduated college in Kansas, got my nursing degree. And then I moved to Connecticut. I oh. lived in Connecticut for about seven years and I've moved out to LA about three years ago. Wow. Yeah. I don't even, I don't want to ask your age, but you seem too young to have done all of that. <laughs> like, I feel like you've you done guess. a fourth of that. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm young. I, I mean, age yeah, is just a Exactly. Just a, no, a hundred percent true. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So you grew up in Florida. Now without you guys, this is a really, a real treat because I, I was going to invite you on just because of your health and fitness and all of your amazing accomplishments there. And my hairdresser slash best friend, he told me the other day, he's like, yeah, you know, you should really have Lauren on. She has a crazy story about her childhood yeah. and upbringing. And yeah. she's a New York times bestseller for telling Aww. this story. Thanks, Peter, by the way. Yeah, thanks, Peter. But Props. And I had no idea. And I was like, what the, f what are you talking about? Yeah. So may, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but you got to walk me through your childhood, I guess. I okay. don't know how we tell the story. Um, so yes, I did write a book. It's a memoir about my former life. Um, I was raised in a strict religious uh, cult background from ages 14 to 21. So um, a few years after I left the church, because basically they have some very strict, religious, hateful, extremist, judgmental beliefs, wow. I ended up leaving mm -hmm. um, and wasn't allowed to communicate with my family anymore, not being part of that you know, church. So a few years later, I was approached by several media to um, run stories on 
you know, how it was like living there and what it's like not being part of my family anymore. And uh, I ended up deciding to write a novel, write a memoir about mm-hmm. my story there. So it's seven years where I was in a religious cult, kind of how I left, how I've grown a new life, a new identity, new faith, everything since I've been out. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I tried to buy the book too, but it wouldn't come till Wednesday. And I was like, <laughs> I can't read that fast, but I wanted to read the whole thing and be super prepared. Okay. So before 14, what was your life like? I mean, where were you? Um, honestly, you living in Florida? Yes, living in Florida. I feel like it was a normal childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, my Both my parents were like softball coaches and like really involved with like my life and my sister's life. So I feel like it was a really average, normal American upbringing mm-hmm. and, until I was like thrust in this really strict religious cult. So I didn't even have like a – my parents didn't really raise me a certain – belief system. My mom was Catholic. My dad was kind of atheist for a while. So that was a quick change of pace. Yeah. He actually was uh, ironically going into this um, religious cult as a uh, director of a uh, documentary. He was going to do like a mockumentary on them, like style, like a parody of like their religion, kind of like mocking their religion. And after he spent about a summer with them, he ended up believing a lot of the things that they were teaching and becoming like an extremist conformed into their religion yeah, after one summer so then he moved the whole family oh, oh sorry i got <laughs> <Our excited. bad. laughs> i got excited are um, we safe okay we're good are we good so then he moved all of us there over the summer and we lived there for seven years my life completely changed after that wait like, and i'm just sitting here on the pronoun like where is there like okay hold on okay can I tell so, you? So the the religion she's talking about is the Westboro Baptist Westboro Baptist Church in Topeka, Kansas. So it's pretty infamous. It's pretty hateful, judgmental beliefs, okay. and which I don't believe those hateful, hateful, judgmental beliefs anymore. They're always on Bourbon Street, um, but <laughs> they really are. They are. They're always like picketing and protesting different things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I'm not part of that, and I. Um, not even allowed to communicate with my family anymore because mm-hmm. I decided to leave the church and leave those beliefs. And um, yeah, so that's been about 11 years now that I've been out and unable to communicate with my brother and sisters and my mother. And so it's been definitely challenging, but. That's like a lifetime ago. Yeah. 11 years, I feel, you know, your atoms replace themselves every seven years. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I read this book about the brain and it said your atoms replace themselves every seven years. And the only thing we have to keep our identity, the only thing that makes us have an identity are our memories. Yeah. And I read that the brain can actually not, ch- they'll shift your memories to be what you want them to be for the time being. Yeah. So we're kind of this ev- evolving person. We're like never I've the same person. Definitely evolved over the every yeah. seven years. Yeah, something. I feel like it's a whole different life that I led. And, yeah. And even like these last seven years has been crazy challenging too. Like I, I worked a whole different like a bunch of different nursing jobs for over the last seven years. I've been a nurse for about 10 years. And then I had the career shift where I went towards uh, health and fitness and inspiration, inspiring people into like this health and fitness lifestyle where I really wanted them to focus on that as a preventative health care instead of just yes. like, going to the hospital and getting fed a lot of medications. I feel like people really need to take their health seriously at home and at first with their nutrition and lifestyle first. So yeah, that's been my newest passion. And uh, yeah, definitely feel like I've lived a couple different lifestyles. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. It's crazy to me, um, even when you talk about your childhood, how you know your parents had this big shift while you were in high school. I actually have a girlfriend whose mom got super religious in the middle of high school. And she'll talk about, when she talks about her childhood, she always brings this up. And she's like, yeah, my parents went through a change. And she just, my mom got really psycho-religious. 
And it like kind of changed my upbringing. It's kind of weird how that can just. I had a lot of changes in. It was a really awkward time. So you're 14. Like you're already going through a really awkward time in your life. Oh my God. I moved away from my friends. I'm so sorry. I just spilled coffee on my shirt. You're just trying to call attention to the breast. Speaking of. We're already looking. We're already looking at you. (laughs) You guys. Oh my fucking God. Okay. Ignore me. Anyway, you want me to spill on mine? I'm such a terrible journalist. I I can't even. That's why I stopped drinking coffee because I know I'll spill. I knew I would. My show is called Eyes Up Here, and I've just poured (laughs) hot coffee down my breast. I'm sorry. Like, as if we're not already looking. I'm doing my best here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you go through. Tell me um, more. Where were we? Okay, we're talking about all these an awkward age anyway. I'm, I'm moving away from my family and friends. I'm 14. I'm in middle school. And I have to start middle school with a new group of people. And oh, by the way, I'm in a religious cult where it's super awkward. So I had started to dye my hair already. Mm-hmm. So I had to stop tying my hair. I couldn't cut my hair. I couldn't wear makeup anymore. I couldn't wear a push-up bra. Like everything that you kind of start as I'm a out. teenager. <laughs> all <laughs> the things there. you start to do to like feel confident, you know, I had to take away all that in um, high school and uh, be super awkward and part of a strict religious cult and then yeah. pick up my own, uh, my own like classmates during lunch hour. And oh, you had to go things. out and kind of, and do the active, uh, yeah, activism, pro- the appropriate yeah. word. We, uh, we would protest our own, uh, class in our own school and hold up picket signs and stuff. So it was kind of awkward, but that yeah. takes so much balls. Yeah, actually I would say that that was one positive benefit is you do grow <laughs> balls really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you have to stand, you know, you have to, you have to put a stand up for your beliefs or at that time mm-hmm. what I thought my beliefs were. And I definitely got a lot of hate, you know, got things thrown at me. Definitely one too many times. That is crazy. So, yeah. So when you moved to Topeka, Kansas, yeah. um, what what is the place like that you moved to? It's um, Is it a city where everyone happens to kind of live and have a community or? Yeah. I mean, it's a typical capital. I mean, it is in the Midwest, so mm-hmm. it's not thriving like a city like Los Angeles or anything. Yeah. But it is a typical capital and... Um, I, my particular neighborhood that I lived in, they had like this block of houses that were all part of the church together. So, and some of oh. them had like back, backyards conjoined. So they called it like the compound where oh. like all of us religious freaks at the time were, you know, living and being raised. So yeah, there was this block of houses that were all together that were kind of like taboo. Like, oh, what's behind those fences over there? Like those are the kids that protest and picket and stuff like that. What? So. God, that's so interesting. That's actually that location in Topeka, Kansas, that particular block is still um, has like my siblings live there. My sister, I think she's married with kids now, lives across the street. And my my parents with my two younger siblings. I have siblings as young as 19 years younger and 16 years younger than me. And I'm I'm the oldest of four. So. Wow. Yeah. That's got to be a bit so tough as the oldest. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pressure on me. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're the leader, especially of your siblings. Yeah. So um, when I tried to gently like tell my parents, like, we shouldn't say this, we shouldn't say that, I kind of would bring up different Bible verses that I thought were saying, like, what we're saying and doing is actually super judgmental yeah. of people and condemning of people. Of course, I didn't go over well at all, but I tried to be a good influence on them and try to see if I could steer them away from some of the direction that they had, you know, were going because my parents weren't r- raised there. Mm-hmm. There are people raised there from the time they're born and that's all they believe. But yeah. I thought I maybe we could have an impact knowing that they didn't start there they didn't you know start yeah leaving there um but that didn't go over so well got kicked out of my ha- family got kicked out of my house just for kind of asking yeah, and yeah we're trying to question the, their beliefs to trying to question their belief system and uh yeah so but 
I've seen a lot of kids leave from other families and I've been in contact with them. I've actually done, uh, I've reached out. I, I did like a small little charity, um, like a GoFundMe for some kids that have left. Cause ironically, a lot of the kids that leave don't have a lot of money yeah. because they're giving all their money to the church. They're giving all their money to their family and they don't really have a place to stand on cause they don't have a support network. So for a while there I was helping out and making sure the kid, their kids would feel like they could leave or could question their beliefs or you know, and uh, I reached out and gave, you know, money and raised some money for them. So, wow. So I tried to show That's my really siblings good. who are younger. Right now, I think the youngest are, are around uh, 13 and 15. <gasps> still babies. Yeah, they're still babies. Oh, wow. uh, I tried to show them that um, there is life after this, there's survival story after this, um, because it's a very frightening thing when you leave something that you're brainwashed to believe is the only right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it my was, ex boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to this. So, just kidding. So yeah, um, I wanted to be an example to show them that it's not so scary to leave or step outside your what you know and the beliefs that you've been raised in. And in fact, you also have support on the outside. So that's something sometimes the kids are afraid of is that mm-hmm. they're not going to have support because they are raised with these such strict religious beliefs and also hateful beliefs. So they think that if they, they've been hating on people, when they leave, they're going to get hated mm-hmm. on. So um, I tried to kind of show them that that's not the case and there is life after And it. forgiveness. There's you forgiveness know. and and that you, yeah, can you can break free if you, you need to. Um, I am a personally a Christian, but I don't throw my beliefs in people's faces yeah. like they do. They're very kind of in your face about it. So kind of, yeah, yeah. No, I heard they are. <laughs> um, I can only imagine, especially as a child. So you know, when you grew up till fourteen, your parents they, and they were together. Yeah, which is amazing. So, yeah. You know, parents that stay together is already such a strong thing, and then you kind of had to shift the way you thought of your parents. Like that is so huge to me. Um, you know, imagine t- questioning your mom and dad yeah. or kind of nudging them. I can just imagine that being beyond frightening, but all, yeah. but so traumatizing because yeah. these are your caregivers. There were a lot of traumatizing things that, ex- that I experienced over the years. Um, mm-hmm. it, one of the things was my dad actually made, put me in really awkward situations with my mother because obviously she's my mom, she's kind of authority and he would make me question her and like call and like, say tell go up to her and be like you're committing this sin and i had to go as a daughter and like uh, you know address her and be like you're doing this thing dad says you know i have to come talk to you and it was a very awkward weird scenario which i obviously didn't want to do and he would make me threaten her like if you don't stop doing x and y and z um you know we're gonna call you in front of the church and they had like such a intense um situation where you got called in front of the church meeting like kind of like a court and they vote like if you stay in or you leave so it's like they get voted out of the church voted out of their families voted out of their house it's a very real like intense humiliation a public humiliation that people could get subjected to and so obviously i didn't want to do that to my own mother but mm-hmm. then my dad would be like well if you don't do this then i'm, I'm going to do that to you so then i was like well i'm not going to put my mother through that you know yeah uh is is really it's a lot of control it's a lot of brainwashing it's a lot of uh humiliation public humiliation that they would use to try and coerce people to follow the rules or to do what they say or believe what they want to believe and yeah. it's it's a lot of control that's i you know <laughs> Have you ever seen The Handmaid's Tale? No. Oh my God. Okay, it's a it's a show on Hulu. It's super popular. Okay. But um, the idea is they're in a society. I think years from now. Okay. And really, cons- like a really conservative group have taken over oh. and have stolen um, 
the fertile women to mate oh, with the elite God. of the city. Yeah. But it's really conservative and they're kind of taking people back in time. But there was a lot of that. There's a lot of that in the show. There's a lot of like the control, the humiliation yeah. and the if someone had this information, it was their obligation to tell on like it's their obligation to God to tell on someone. Yeah. And it became it's such that a was, mind. That's fuck. very similar, actually. Yeah. It's like you if you don't tell on someone who committed something or, you you know, you don't voice up, you're now like accomplice or you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. So it was very much a weird tattletale, accusatory uh, control freak system that <laughs> I, I'm just, I mean, obviously a lot of people don't go through that, but there are cults that go through these things. And I'm finding out more and more that cults have these characteristics where the, of intimidation, humiliation, yeah. you know, and banishment, which is ultimately what happened to me. Um, I wasn't ready at the time to leave my family. I was ready to leave the beliefs, which obviously I discussed, but I wasn't ready to leave my family. Right. So if you, you can, you know, say that you don't believe it anymore, you're going to get kicked out. So for me, um, they just decided, okay, you don't believe these things and you're not going to, so we're going to kick you out anyways. Mm -hmm. That's basically my decision my dad made and he publicly humiliated me and got, went, went through with it. It was just weird because, I, you know, I was like, no, I don't want to lose my mom. I don't want to lose my sisters, my brother. Um, and the decision was made for me. So I was like, okay, all right. This is at 21? 21, yeah. How did that happen? But I, I will remind you, I was not a typical 21-year-old. I was like a naive, probably like had like a 16-year-old's mindset. I'd never dated before. No, 21-year-olds in general I are was, so dumb. Like very so even I think I actually <laughs> thought you'd be way more mature. Okay, <laughs> like, no, I'm yeah. thinking you're a smart, like, you yeah. know, capable 21-year-old. I mean, I was smart, but I was naive. I naive to the way, you know, things in the world. I had not really dated before yet. Like, mm -hmm. I was naive in a lot of ways. So I was not, like, even though people are like, oh, I've left my house before 21. Yeah, but uh, I was like... I hadn't, I don't know, I wasn't exposed to a lot of the things that you would be exposed to. So I feel like my mindset was more like a 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah. you're definitely not on MySpace, right? <laughs> no, yeah, okay. No, oh my God. Wait, yeah. so this is super personal, but did you tell your family bye? Like, was there an opportunity to say, you know, Um, It wasn't later? an opportunity. I actually was working night shift at the hospital. I just uh, started. Oh, so you were already nursing? Yes, okay. I was already wow. nursing. I, I had been nursing for about six months, thankfully. I had a job. And um, I came home from night shift one day and my dad was just like, uh, you know, here, eat your dinner, but we have to tell you something. And I was like, this is super awkward. It's like eight or nine o'clock at night. I'm exhausted. And uh, I guess it wasn't night shift. It was day shift. But anyways, mm -hmm. I came home from work sitting there and he's like, you have to pack all your bags. We voted you out of the church. You're not part of the family anymore. And like, you have to leave tonight. And I was like, tonight, like this right now, like I just got home from work. I'm exhausted. And he's just like, yeah, you have to leave now. So he made me pack my bags. My sister was helping pack my bags. It was just a very weird scenario. And I, I just remember it like that. And there was no, he wasn't going to let me stay. He wasn't going to let me, just rushed me out. Yeah. Put me in a hotel. And I was like, okay, I got to figure out if he's just mad at me right now or if I'm really like not, if he's really serious. Yeah. And he's like, you have three days to find your own apartment, you know, and that's it. And I was like, okay. And you know, I did that. And then, you know, I guess you have to read the book to find out. Yeah, more. I can't wait to read this book. Wait, so you stayed in Topeka for a while and nursed, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, I yeah. stayed in Topeka for about six months. And um, I was terrorized by one of my um, former best friends, co-workers at work. It'd uh, be your own friend. It, yes. It, That's it, what they say. Oh, God. She made it miserable working there. I want to kick these people's asses for you, by the way. I'm such yeah. an, a jerk. Like, just, no, I want to go, to, I want to drive to Topeka in my yeah. little Jeep. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll, it made me strong. This whole experience it definitely strengthened me a lot. And now whenever I see someone go through anything similar to like, you know, something hateful or something exclusive or I don't know, I immediately like 
want to like kick someone's ass too. Aww, I can tell that about you. I feel like you would be a strong, you, you know, you obviously have a really clear heart. When I was in college, we learned about people. Um, I took a class on 20th century genocide, oh. which is like the Holocaust and Rwanda and Darfur, like terrible stuff. But we learned about people who were extremely empathetic yeah. and people who could risk their lives to house Jews during the Holocaust or something like that. Yeah. And one of the books I read kind of suggested that it's a very special person. It takes a very special person to go against the grain and kind of risk their life at times and yeah. risk especially their livelihood. So yeah. you're, it's not a small feat what you've done. You're definitely a special person. Well, thank you. Yeah. Trust me. I read that book. <laughs> thank you, girl. <laughs> That's amazing. So you nursed there for a while. What did you do after that, after nursing uh, in Topeka? How did you get here? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So I went to uh, Connecticut. I kind of just didn't want to stay in Topeka anymore. There's not really a lot going on there to begin with, but my family was the only thing really keeping me there, and they were shunning me, essentially, not even letting me come home. I would call my mother and be like, can I come home over dinner? Like, I really tried to see, like, if there was if I was still allowed to have a relationship. Yeah. Um, and my father pretty much just wouldn't allow it. So um, I was getting more and more uh, – it was getting more and more tricky to work in this environment where my family would come and go throughout the hospital. And I had this, you know, ex best friend coworker that was, you know, lying about me to my coworkers and trying to get me fired. And it it was just a miserable experience. I was already pretty depressed at that point in my life. Um, I won't lie. Like this is way before my fitness uh, stuff. I had nothing really going on for me. I would just go to work and I would work like five, six shifts a week just to keep myself busy and sane. So then after like that was kind of running myself into the ground, uh, I decided, okay, I need to, I need to leave Topeka. Topeka is not good for me right now at all. So I end up, uh, moving to Connecticut. I had a very new friendship with an online friendship with a guy and I I had no ooh, ooh. I had no Instagram Uh-oh. no MySpace no like Facebook <laughs> nothing and I was like wow like this is the only person that I like trust right now we had a long distance online relationship and I randomly decided okay well let me see if Connecticut's cool because that's where he lived yeah and I went to go go see it for a couple weeks and I was like this is cool like I've always wanted to go to New York but it's not as expensive as New York and yeah you know it's nearby so that's where I ended up in Connecticut and um, I actually met my husband there a few, like a year and a half later. Oh, so different guy. Yeah, different guy. How was the online guy? Was he normal? <laughs> no. Oh, God. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> they never are. Super not normal at oh, all. Man. Like, you're typical, like, oh, wow, that I should have seen a million red flags, yeah. but I never dated a guy before. Fair. <laughs> I'd never even had an online, really, account within, you know, so I didn't know what to look for there either. So yeah, that's so you're allowed. You're yeah, allowed that yeah. mistake. So I made that mistake. Wow. So you might. So he's from Connecticut. Um, you just happen to be there too. We, what? Who? Your your husband. husband. Yeah. Yes, he grew up in Connecticut. Oh, cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny how love works sometimes and relationships like sometimes you need that crazy guy online oh, yeah. to meet your husband. Yeah. Like, I it's held weird. on way too long to that relationship. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. The first one was like a year and a half long and it was. It was interesting. It's meant to be. At least, yeah. So you and your husband live in Connecticut, and then you you made get here? Okay. So, um, yeah, we we dated and uh, got engaged and got married in Connecticut. And then um, I think it was a year after we got married that I uh, decided, you know what? I really need just want to get in the best shape of my life. I had been working as a nurse for, oh, gosh, was it eight? 
eight years, seven years, something like that. And Mm I uh, started working night shift. I started getting like certain symptoms of, I was like, oh my gosh, like, is this gonna be the rest of my life? I was getting like random back pains because you you have to lift patients all the time. Uh, I was getting more overweight because I was hitting my late 20s. When when I was younger, I could get away with eating anything like mac and cheese every day, grilled cheese, whatever. And as soon as I hit my late 20s, it was like, no, actually, no, that's not gonna work out. Oh no, So that's me now. Yeah, I was like, oh no, I have back pain. I'm getting gaining weight. I can't eat mac and cheese. Like I gotta do something about this, you know? So I, I decided I wanted to shine up, sign up for my first fitness show and I was 28 and I signed up for, I think it was like Fitness Atlantic. It was a WBFF uh, show. That's the federation. And I saw all these girls getting in amazing shape in like eight, nine weeks. I'm like, how is that even possible? And I'm like, okay. Uh, I, and I really was very random about my workouts before that. I was like, I would do Stairmaster if I felt like I was getting fat or randomly, just super random, nothing consistent. Um, had never really followed a diet before. And, um, I, so I signed up for the show, got coached. And in nine weeks I went from like, you know, kind of like your average skinny fat type, like an average body style to like ripped and toned and super fit in like nine weeks. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I felt strong and I fell in love with it and I got addicted to the lifestyle. And on top of that, fitness became like a huge therapy for me. Like I felt like a huge like release of like tension and stress and anxiety. And I just felt so excited and happy to be in the gym all the time. And I fell in love with it. And I basically fell in love with the fitness competitions as well. I was addicted. I got the bug. And I did like six shows in 12 months. I did. I love um, those shows. I've been to a few. I had a bunch of exes who did (laughs) it. They're glamorous. They're They're fun. fun. And, uh, And so, yeah, I did like, I think I got my pro card on the fifth show. I did my first pro show, um, a month, a couple months later, got fourth place. I just fell in love with it. And it, during that whole time, I was like growing my social media. I was posting a lot of fitness content and I was uh, starting to train people because I I was so happy with what, how I got my results that people were asking me, what did you do? What did you train? What are you eating? Like they couldn't believe it happened so fast. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll show you. And then I <laughs> got into it and I got my NASM cert and I became certified and kind of the rest is history, I guess. Hell yeah. yeah. So you moved to, what made you come to LA? Um, doing all this? I don't know. You know what? I, it was living in Connecticut and I was, um, I was doing this job and then I was like, you know what? We should go live somewhere else because slowly but surely I was able to do a lot of my work remotely. Mm-hmm. And I went from like full-time nursing, then I went part-time, then I went per diem. And then I was like, I'm going to take a little break and focus on this business stuff and see what we could do with it. Maybe we could move around and, you know, see some of the world, see some of the America. So we went to Florida for a few weeks. I wanted to see if I liked that. It was all right. It was more of a vacation vibe. So then we mm-hmm. went across the country, came over to LA. And um, I think at the time I had some sponsors and stuff that I, I had had a reason to come here and I was like I'll just use that as a reason I, this is like the land of opportunity yeah and, you know it's a dream to come <laughs> here and I had a lot of, I followed a lot of influencers actually there from LA and I was like that'd be so cool to meet them one day or collab with them one day mm-hmm. and so I don't know it was it was multiple purpose I guess but um I mainly wanted to see California and explore and see if there was business opportunities and collaborations and there's been a lot that I've been able to do this last there's a years, lot so yeah Yes, yeah, so it's been really cool and fun. And I can never go back to Connecticut. <laughs> when was that? I feel like everyone has an aha moment when they get here and they they know they're going to move. What yeah. was that? What was yours? Like they're, they're going to stay here? Like you had, you've been here and then you're like, this is the place. Like what, where were you? Were you? Well, I first actually moved to Orange County. And okay. Orange County, like it's nice and all, but it's mm-hmm. like a little slow pace. There's mm-hmm. not a lot going on. You know, there's a oh, lot that's of- still pretty aha though. Orange yeah. County is still dope. Yeah, Orange County is dope and I liked it, but I knew that like, 
all, I, all the things I was doing here were in LA. Like, you know, when I was working with different photographers and doing collaborations, mm-hmm. meeting up, I did a couple casting calls for things. It wasn't really my thing. Um, but I was like, oh, I'm in LA. I guess I'll do casting calls. Yeah. And then you get, you get offers for all kinds of weird things. The weirdest. <laughs> the weirdest. <laughs> oh, God. The weirdest. I show up to all the weirdest <laughs> ones, but. Yeah. I have. Oh, God. I really have. You know, can I just tell you guys, side note, yeah, every ahead. time you move to LA, like when you move here, broke. So you, you had things going on, thank God. But like me and my uh, girlfriend. I wasn't broke, but I wasn't on my feet. Yeah. I was using well, we were looking money. at Craigslist. Oh. Me and my friend Shy, oh. she's been on here. She'll come back. But we were on Craigslist, like looking for bartending jobs and stuff. And Did you have pictures <laughs> on your Craigslist? No, hell oh, okay. no. That's I didn't know good. you could. I probably would have. I, I made that mistake. <laughs> oh, shit. No. So on Craigslist, there's always these job offerings for like Koreatown karaoke bars. Oh, it, everyone knows. I swear, everyone in LA, LA knows about. Go to go to Craigslist right now, you guys. I'm not lying. There's what? a Koreatown karaoke girl oh, job, and okay. it seems great because it's like, oh, come in and you'll be a karaoke girl, and no one knows what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have what to get shy. Karaoke girl. Okay, next episode, I promise, Shy's gonna tell you. About I kind of want to go and do karaoke right now because oh, you're saying this. We definitely should, <laughs> and we should ask the girls what their job is because we don't. I don't know where they got it from. I'm going to make shy tell this story on the next episode, but I'm just happy that you didn't have to go that route. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, I made my Craigslist mistake (laughs) back when I was in Connecticut. (laughs) I put up my face and I was like, oh, I need a roommate, you know, looking for a girl around the age of 24 likes dogs. And I was like, okay, that what did they come like girlfriend? Every guy on the planet just applied. I'm like, I said, female, female roommate. (laughs) No. But I don't know why I posted a bunch of pictures of myself on Craigslist. That's bold. That was, yeah, that was a mistake. Craigslist is so scary. People have put my photos on like back pages, which is an escort site. Oh, I've had that too. One time I messaged the, like the owner of back pages or something. And I swear his name was Rusty. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like what? Like his name was literally Rusty. And I was like, um, to whom it may concern Rusty, (laughs) please take my photos off your back page site. (laughs) Like it was so, I've had to have my photos removed from a lot of sites and like strip club, like advertisements. Yeah. Weird things. Yeah. All kinds of catfishing is happening. Oh my God. That's the price of being hot. So, which you definitely are. Well, so, thank you, love. so now you're full time online coaching, training, content creating. Yes. What is that like? What is your everyday like? I had I wanted to ask oh you that. Like, do you wake up at three a.m.? I I should. I really want to be a morning person. I'm not a morning person. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't know. One day maybe I will be, but uh, um, it's a lot. It's a lot of things. And when you, especially when you come to LA and you see other influencers and you're seeing, oh my gosh, this girl's doing this and this girl's doing that, and it's the fitness and it's the social influencer and there's all these things you could get involved in. And I always want to be involved. I always yeah. want to use like my platform for as many, you know potential things that I possibly can do because, you know, it's a blessing to have, you know, so many, you know, so much love, so many supporters and you want to be able to use it for good. Like, yeah, I want to, I always want to do all these giveaways on my page. I'm always wanting to do like, you know, get people in shape, get people like enthused about fitness. And, um, it's some days I'm just like, I don't know, maybe I take on too many projects. I feel like I take on a lot of projects. That's actually a really good feeling. I usually feel like I don't do enough. Really? 
Yeah, it was hard for me for a while to get some direction. I had I had that moment of for like two years. I was like, "What is going on? Like Same. in LA, do I do I act? Do I do I sing? Do I dance? What do I do?" Like, yep, everyone's doing all the things, and I'm like, "I can't do all the things." But I would try things because I love trying new things all the time, and I do mm-hmm. like labbing. And so if it would turn into something fun or something funny, mm-hmm. like whatever happened, happened. I was like, "Okay, so I can't really dance, but I can look funny and." fun doing it. You yeah. Know? So I was like, whatever. Um, I don't know. I try new things all the time. I actually have like, I think tomorrow I'm doing like some type of acrobatic backflip <gasps> thing tomorrow, like tomorrow. I, I pick up random opportunities. I don't know why. I think it's just that I like to do new things and I like to utilize my collabs. Hell yeah. You're not a one trick pony. So. I've been wanting to say one trick pony all day. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a one trick pony either. I did a, I was acting on a show on Monday and people go, oh, you're an actress. And I'm like, I don't know what exactly I am. So let's not I mean, put a I label on it. I think it's just it. too much labeling happening. Like, yeah. just let it, let it fly, let it flow. And in LA, you just, you're just trying to get hired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So question, so, oh, what is like, what is the biggest I remember you telling me about when you were a nurse yes. and people were kind of, whenever you started your fitness career and modeling and posting pictures, people were kind of like, what's she doing? Yeah. And gave you a little shade. Like, tell me about that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was low key. Like I, I would hear, get word of like, people are looking at my, cause I started my Instagram while working full time at the hospital. So mm-hmm. all the girls were seeing my page and I was posting some risque stuff for sure. Risque, you know, lots of Le- less clothing, lots of ab shots, booty shots, stuff. You worked hard for that, that yeah, odd. <laughs> I worked hard for it, but yeah. I mean, it, it's not what everyone else's Instagrams were looking like at work for yeah. sure. And, you know, people were like, I guess I didn't realize this, but they were all talking about me all around the hospital. And I actually worked, um, I worked at a float nurse position, which means I would go from floor to floor to floor. And each night I would end up on a different unit. And I didn't really have like a home base mm-hmm. of nurses and coworkers. So um, I was just like, I would like look around and I would like see people on their phones and giggling and I'm like, oh gosh, you know. I hate that. And I would see it and it, it was like, it was like flattering and and insulting at the same time because it's flattering because people are looking at you and they're impressed with your results and, you know, what you came from. And then you also realize they're talking about you behind your back and you're like, uh, like, what are they saying? Is yeah. Saying good stuff. But I, I learned to like get past it. And um, a lot of them would tell me to my face. And that actually made me feel better. Like, hey, like I saw your, you know, photos. I saw how good shape you got uh-huh. in. Like when they come to me to my face, I was like, OK, that's cool. Like I can handle that. It's just like the behind your back kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, man, I'm being judged at work and hopefully they're not looking at me a certain way and thinking I can't be professional at work, which obviously I'm yeah. very, I've been very professional at work. I mean, I'd already been doing nursing for eight years. So um, that was my, that's my thing. Yeah. You know, the, the whole modeling thing was very new to me and very, I was very awkward at it actually in the beginning. Oh, uh, no, I don't, I can't believe <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. It was awkward at the beginning. You know, it's weird. Um, when I was in college, I was a journalism major first before I got a useless history degree. And um, <laughs> aren't all degrees useless? Maybe <laughs> they might be. Um, but um, one of our teachers was telling us, she was like, if you post sexy pictures online, she was trying to tell us that working for Sports Illustrated was a great idea for women, okay. uh, women in journalism. She said a lot of sports agents and careers love women in they're looking for more women. Yeah. But she's because we're in Louisiana. So she's from the South. And she's saying you shouldn't you know, don't post anything sexy online. Okay. You know, this one girl we know got fired for wearing a nurse's costume and putting it on her Facebook, yeah. like a sexy nurse costume. And I don't think she realized the significance of telling me that an impressionable 21 year old. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, I'm out like, yeah. cause I'm going to wear that. Yeah. It's, it's very, okay. So 
to answer your question a little bit better, um, I did receive, I wouldn't say like a lot of public bullying, but it was like the, the behind your back kind of things. And sometimes I felt like I was getting, uh, by some certain nurses, not on all of them, but the mm-hmm. culture is already that in nursing and, and in lots of jobs where there's a lot of females involved, there can be cattiness and jealousy and backstabbing and things going on. Yeah. And if you add like social media to it where it's like, I don't know if it's more of a threat or if it's just more in their face or more more ways to judge, you know, you, mm-hmm. then I have experienced that you know, there's bull- there can be bullying happening and you, they, you know, they can tell on you, try to get you fired, try to get you in trouble or um, just very weird things that you don't want to deal with in the work environment, especially when you're taking care of pa- patients and the patient should be your priority. The patient's well-being, their safety, um, them getting their meds delivered, all that stuff needs to be taken into consideration. But instead, the environment and it, even before my Instagram, there was nursing bullying going on. And I know nurses that have experienced it themselves where it's just like, how are we not empowering each other to like help each other get through these really long shifts, these really hard, sometimes hard patients, hard families, hard shifts. Yeah. And instead we're making it worse on each other because why? Because we have a, a lifestyle outside of our work that I yeah. guess we don't agree with or judge, you know, which is very weird because it's not like the girls aren't posting bikini pictures from their vacations. Like, you know, you still see these things, maybe not to the same risque scale that I was mm-hmm. doing it to, but um, it's just a very weird thing that girls would hate on each other like that. I just don't get it. I really, I've always been about empowering each other. I've never been about jealousy or, or cattiness and I stay steer clear of it. Anytime I come around someone that I, that gives me that vibe. So same. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I hate it. I hate people who Can't are gossipy. Deal. It's just so, it's so ugly. It's like the ugliest thing. It hurts me. Honestly, I'm one of those people. I know that people talk shit about me. Like <laughs> I know some of my best friends do I just know because I give them I mean you could tell I'm one of those people that like I give you ammo I am posting pictures in my panties I make fun of myself I try new things I make a podcast with no hosting experience you know what I mean like I'm giving you ammo (laughs) to pick on me but man I don't care yeah no it's good you can't can't really care you can't really care no I'm like I know what you're saying and I expect you to say it it's it's helped me grow balls also there's a couple milestones in my life that have Mm -hmm. helped me grow some balls and that's one of them it's crazy too whenever we talk about jobs and having this outside life because um, when it comes to like teaching, so like high school teachers, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, don't post anything sexy on Facebook because it violates a morality issue. It, I believe it's either a morality clause or something, but when it comes down to a contract of a teacher, at least when I was looking into being a teacher, um, the issue was your behavior, if your behavior outside of school is immoral, they can come into the classroom. So basically they're saying like sexy pics can be immoral. We have had teachers, I don't know if they're doing it now, but I mean, three years ago they were firing people oh, for like sexy Facebook posts. Any, uh, what if you, you love gonna, Karma how Sutra? How, like, wait, how can you even be a kid or adolescent in this generation? Seriously, you're getting judged for everything that's on your social media? It's tough because I wonder, think about Barney. I met Barney. Barney? I know. Where does he come in? Okay. (laughs) I met Barney. Um, Barney was Barney. Okay. The guy who played Barney. Now he runs a tantric sex place. He does? And I met the guy outside of a club one time and he doesn't seem like some creep. Okay. When you read his article in his interview, this seems like this man's passion. Okay. And it seems very, he's very nice. He's a very nice man. And it's like, this was Barney and Barney might be into some kinky stuff. Okay. 
But he's, but you know, is he why still can't Barney? you be both? Like, why can't you be a great? Is he still Barney though? He is not Barney. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, don't think he's Barney. Barney. even a thing? I don't watch TV. I don't think he's Barney anymore. <laughs> oh I, I saw him outside of a club here in May. It was so, so funny. Someone, yeah, he's been going out lately. I don't know what's going on. But that's the I thing. I don't know what's going on. You can have these like, you know, what is stopping you from providing excellent life-supporting health care? I can't take a hot pick in my yeah, spare time. I, I have a what good does friend. one have to do with the other? I have a good friend that she's, you know, she has her Instagram. It's not even like a large following. It's whatever, decent, but not huge. And she's getting hate from her work. She's had literally had to go in and talk to her manager and be like, the other girls are all hating on me. She's mm-hmm. an excellent nurse. She think, she's a pediatric ICU nurse. She, oh, my God. She gives like, she gives like um, cancer treatments to, to children. Like she's an excellent, excellent nurse, but she's getting uh, hate from her work and a bullying environment that she has to deal with. Why? Because she posts like some sexy bikini photos on Instagram. Like what girl doesn't post some sexy bikini photo? If you get in shape to go crazy. If it makes you feel good, you know what I mean? And whatever makes me feel good in my off time that makes me come into my work being a happy, satisfied, fulfilled person, that should make you happy. Yeah. But even so, like that's like you're you're providing an excellent, awesome service for people. Like it's a really demand, high demand, high stress job. It requires a lot of talent, uh, patience, um, you know, management skills, a lot of things. And like to to know that the other girls who also know that because they're in that job Mm -hmm. are going to make it more challenging for you because why? Because you have an Instagram that is sexy. Like what? It's crazy. It's what? Yeah. We really like villainize how women, our bodies and everything, because honestly, like I feel like posting pictures Kind of is me fluffing my feathers, like a peacock. Yeah, like, I it. just like to fluff my feathers. I've I liked mean, taking <laughs> pictures forever. <laughs> we all fluff our feathers in different ways. Some yeah. people fluff them by being funny. Some people fluff them by dancing. Some people fluff them by, you know, this. Exactly. And it just makes yeah. me feel good. I'm not seeking yeah, much. Like, I don't really want to hook up with anyone. It for sure is a form of validation. You know, getting validation that, you know, you're gorgeous, that you're pretty, you're attractive, that you, you know, make people smile every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. But like, there's a lot of different ways that every, everyone does it in their own little way, seeks validation or attention in their life. It might yeah, which is thing. normal too. It's so normal to seek attention, by the way. Like it's a not, not in a bad way, but no, it is a, in our biology, we do crave, we want the people around us and the people that we live and work with, just like the way monkeys and bears and all these other environments do. We actually animalistically enjoy attention. We like to be praised and fit in. But I feel like sometimes we're ostracized for being hot, but we want to, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. It's a weird thing. For sure weird. Let me post the bikini pictures. That's the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I feel like also if we had a lot more women in managerial positions and um, the people who were deciding who gets paid and who gets hired and all that stuff, maybe it would be less of an issue. Because if it's, we, I mean, look at the situation we have in the government now. It's all dudes deciding what women do. Maybe if we had a little bit of equal representation, yeah, it might not be I as mean, much of an issue. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. They want us to do it, but they, they criticize us for doing it. You know, it's yeah. a whole shaming thing. It's like, nah, I'm not about the shaming thing. I'm not going to shame women. And I'm yeah. not going to judge them either. So. Also, when you post bikini pictures, the, deciding on a bikini is so much easier than styling a whole outfit. <laughs> like if a bikini looks so good no matter what, like yeah. styling outfits are really hard. Maybe a bikini is good for you, Lindsay, but... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I wear one every day. I have day. trouble with bikinis sometimes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Maybe I'm just psychotic because I'm a fitness chick, so I have to be like super ripped, but yeah. Oh my God. I would wear a bikini... To l- I should do it. You know, I actually decided <laughs> In that. In LA, you can get away with <laughs> you, wearing a bikini a lot. You can anywhere. wear your nipples out. 
Oh, really? That's what I love about LA. You can have a sheer shirt and oh, have you nips. you can do the sheer, for sure sheer. Yeah. And it's fine here. That's what I really do like about LA. I don't think I've seen like your <laughs> sheer nipples recently. They're out. No, they've been there. But I don't try to photograph them. But no, in LA, you really can't. No one's going to say, oh, you're dressed soup, like a super whore. Because in LA... It's fashion. Like you can wear whatever you want and people aren't going to give you that label because designers everywhere are pushing all the limits. So here it's not. In Louisiana, if I wore some see-through lace stuff, I would be stoned. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, do you dress conservatively if you go back home? Do you go back home? I do go back home. And yeah, I try to. I wear turtlenecks and stuff. Yeah, you do, don't you? But I really love turtlenecks, which is such a funny thing people think i would never sheer no i actually my favorite outfit (laughs) and what you would if you ever caught me coming out of my apartment every day mostly it's i'm wearing a black turtleneck (laughs) and that's actually my favorite most comfortable where i feel very pretty i do love fall fall weather clothes they're kind of nice yeah i feel like a turtleneck just goes a long way yeah especially if you get a little cute Never mind. I'm just going to stop. So anyway, you're this amazing nurse, health, fitness expert. I had to ask you, how do you feel with um, the internet now? We have this amazing body positivity movement happening okay. where we, we're being more inclusive with sizing and models and who we decide are celebrities and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, do you feel, where do you feel that's a great and positive thing? And are there any negative impacts Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing that we're empowering women of all age, ages, sexes, sizes, everything. I said sexes. I meant sizes. Um, <laughs> hey. And I just think it's amazing. Um, I want women to be really excited with who they are and have a good body image. And a lot of, you know, for me, fitness, like I told you, um, it was great to get in good shape, but it was also amazing to feel in shape and to feel good and to feel energized and just have this elevated mood. So for me, it's very therapeutic. It's like, yeah, the aesthetics are good, but that's not, that's just like an icing on the cake for me. It's very therapeutic. So I find fitness being so therapeutic for women, for men, for everyone, um, because it, it's, it's what our bodies are supposed to do. Our bodies are supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to take care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's not about like what shape you are, how big you are, how much you weigh or anything like what size you are. You know, if, if you're ca- happy with it and you're confident and you have a good body image of yourself, that's amazing. Go for it. Be confident and be mm-hmm. happy with it. Um, I do personally think that health is something you could take into consideration. So if you are a bigger girl and you you like that, that's totally cool. But maybe, you know, consider that to ha- live a long, healthy, happy life or to live a, a life with a lot of quality of life, you're going to m- make sure you take care of your heart. You know, you, t- you do have some cardio exercise and things like that. So that's I mean, I'm a cardiac nurse, so I. Oh my gosh, you are. Yes, that was my. That's main what scares thing. me the most in so, life is the heart. Yeah, so for me, you know, I'm going to encourage people, you know, not to smoke on the regular. I'm going to encourage people to eat healthy, um, to follow a certain diet, and and to train certain ways. But mm-hmm. I don't really have an image in mind that I. That's good. Would be ideal, you know. I think everybody has a different image, and I find beauty. I actually did a YouTube video about this recently. I don't know if you saw it, but um, beauty is it, from one end of the spectrum to the other. You can be heavier or curvier. You could be thin. You could be like fit. You know, all different shapes and sizes. I find women and well, and men too beautiful. So it's not a, not so much about that, like ideal. I think it's good that our society is finally going away from an ideal mm-hmm. and see recognizing beauty in so many different ways and shapes. Um, but like for me, I would, I personally would promote health in terms of like how you feel, your mood, yeah. your energy, your quality of life, how how well you get up in the morning, how well you sleep. 
you know, how long you're going to live, things like that. So for me, it's also preventative healthcare. It's not so much the image that, yeah. that is necessary, but with Instagram, you know, everyone's attracted to what, what it looks like. So yeah. that's kind of what I have to put out there sometimes. No, that makes so much sense. I always read these articles about, um, cause people villainize some of the plus size models and they say, oh, you're glorifying obesity. And they're like, no, I'm absolutely not. And um, I read one interesting article that said that we were just, it was discussing obesity and being healthy. Mm -hmm. And it said, um, what's more important than the size is literally that you're exercising. Yeah. And they said basically on the way that the studies worked were, it mattered less what the, the pound was. It mattered how active you were yeah, and how often exactly. you were working out. And that would outweigh the benefit, good or bad, of the weight. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, there's people that are skinny. I was a skinny fat that wasn't taking care of myself. For all intents and purposes, me. you could see... I, people would think I look great. Oh, you know, she can eat that mac and cheese. But at the end of the day, I was treating my body like absolute hell. Mm -hmm. I was eating mac and cheese and grilled cheese and anything in sight that was sugary, carby, no veggies, no fiber, little to no water, like terrible. I knew as a nurse I was taking care of myself terribly and I was still skinny fat. So people would think, oh, you're allowed to eat that. No, health-wise, I really shouldn't. You know, I should mm -hmm. be eating my greens. I should be eating healthy proteins, things like that. So just because your shape is a certain way doesn't mean internally you're you're looking looking great and yeah. there's plenty of heavier people that are in great shape you know and they're working out and they're you know, getting their sweat on and stuff like that so I think it's really ignorant to think that a shape indicates a person's health because it doesn't you know um but yeah I would obviously advocate for that and uh another thing I was going to mention oh it's funny on my Instagram actually one of my mo one of my most highest performing photos is a photoshopped image of me super curvy and heavy. Like I'm literally like a bigger girl. Oh, really? And I found this uh, image on the internet and I was like, you know what? I'm going to post this because I want people to know that beauty is in all shapes and sizes. And I, and although this could have been, you know, perceived, someone could have thought that maybe they're trying to insult me or maybe there's someone saying I should look this way. Mm -hmm. Either way, I wanted them to know that I'm going to take it as a positive thing. And I support women that are curvier and bigger and whatever. And if I was bigger, yeah. Then, I'd be beautiful too. I love that. Literally the highest performing photo on my page. <laughs> I love so, that. But. People always tell me too, I fluctuate and I'll gain 10 pounds or 10 pounds less. But I act, and they'll be like, oh, wow, you look so great now. And I'm like, just so you know, I felt fine at 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. I like both. Yeah. I, I feel kinda, like both I are fluctuate cute. too. I'm literally, like I was telling you, fitness for me is therapy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not doing it just for the aesthetics. In fact, aesthetics is not even the top reason. I mean, obviously I'm in fitness modeling now. So it's kind of like, it is a motivator yeah. to like, oh, let me show you guys my abs or whatever. But for me, I feel better. Like I feel like more stable. I don't, I don't get in a bitchy mood. Like I, I sleep <laughs> better. I feel energetic. Yeah. Like I just feel Ugh. more me yeah. when I do it. So, um, when people ask like, Oh, you know, aren't you going to stop working out? You already reached your goal. I'm like, no, that's cause that's not my only goal. My yeah. goal is to feel amazing. And, and, and this lifestyle helps me do that. So that's good. Yeah. You know, I always, I know working out feels good because I always comment nice stuff while I'm at the gym. So like in between <laughs> sets, I'll be scrolling, you know, like I'm taking a, a break before I lift weights and I write really nice stuff and I mean yeah. it. And I'm like, this is my endorphins. It's a, yeah. It's your, it's, it's your endorphins. <laughs> yeah. It's serotonin. It can actually help your dopamine release. I'll answer emails that I have put off. Yeah. Like my, my mood is, I'll do way more nice things. Way at the more gym. nice things. So like yeah. if I get a comment from you, Oh, nice, nice workout at the gym. Between one and three, I'm at the gym and I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. No, it's a huge <laughs> mood elevator. Yes. So if you're, if you find yourself moody, hit the gym and see what happens. Yes. Do you ever find that, um, people even shame you for being too fit? Um, 
do I get Because I feel like I get shamed I, a, a, I mean, for you everything. I mean, you get trolls of every sort and yeah. size, but like it's like, oh, like you're so into yourself. You're always showing yourself off. I'm like, everyone shows themselves on their Instagram page. Like, isn't yeah. that what our pages are for? Uh, so you'll get that or like, oh, you're so, you know, you're showing your body off so much. But I'm like, I kind of chose to make this my thing. Like my, my thing, my advertising thing is my body. If I'm in shape, you believe that I can get in shape. You believe that I can get you in shape. And yes. that's kind of how I advertise myself. So yes. I'm like, yeah, I guess you could say I'm in tune myself. But I actually post a lot of my clients all over my page. You can actually check there right now. I have a whole bunch of videos of my clients that just finished my uh, fitness challenge, which is coming up again in two weeks. Oh, fun. Yeah. Every eight weeks I run fitness challenges for for people of all walks of life, you know, pretty much anywhere from the ages 18 and up, male and female worldwide, and I get thousands and thousands of transformations. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I, w- I wanted to ask, what is your most significant transformation? Or do you have one of those stories that I'm sure you have one that like changed your life um, by changing theirs? Every single one changes my life, to be really? honest. I mean, I, I, I get really humbled and honored to when my clients send me their transformations because some people will send me something that was like this was me three years ago I did your challenge three years ago and look at me now and they've done a bunch of like fitness competitions they're in amazing they're in better shape than I am now like like looking like super strong and healthy and they're like you changed my life I started my fitness journey with you and I kept it going you know that's that's really touching when I meet people in person and they tell me their fit journeys or someone that overcame some type of health illness that usually touches me the most like you know I was I had this type of ailment or I had really bad cholesterol, bad blood pressure, all these things. And now I don't. And now I, you know, I'm living this lifestyle and I'm feeling amazing. So yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like I got you off of medications. I got you off of blood pressure. That's pills. amazing. I got you off of cholesterol pills. You know, that to me, that's where I came from. I came from nursing and cardiac nursing. So for me, when I could change someone's life that way, it like I'll start to tear up. I'll oh my God. Again. Cute. Wait. So I'm just going to use your health expertise on myself right now. Oh, okay. I have like nearly high cortisol, like one point from being considered- Cortisol or cholesterol? Cortisol, the stress, you know. Um, I am stressed out. Are you an anxious person? I think so. Maybe. I think a lot. Um, I also am very scared. I'm sure if I were diagnosed, I'd have PTSD. I'm really? when when I hear a loud noise, my heart sinks. Where does that come from? Uh, I think a few things, but I've had like a bad wreck and some other things. Oh wow! So my cortisol is borderline high, which yeah. I'm sure is causing inflammation. It yeah. makes me tired. Yeah. What would you say to? Because everyone, because the key is to be less stressed out, and I don't <laughs> see that happening. <laughs> I just well, I mean, there's a lot of different stress shit to do. You know, a lot of things to, to do about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For for me, cortisol, you know, you're gonna have to check your, you could have your adrenals checked, you could mm-hmm. do a saliva test. You can actually do an at-home saliva test through like Amazon and check your cortisol levels and okay. check your adrenals. But usually adrenal is what would be the problem, is you're over secreting you know, adrenaline and then that's what's causing the cortisol release mm-hmm. and everything. So um okay. I'm a big geek when it comes to yeah. labs and like checking out. I check my labs on everything as well to make sure I'm healthy internally, not just yeah. externally. But yeah, I knew you, he- could, you could do that. And honestly, with uh, with adrenal fatigue, because there's different stages, mm-hmm. um, it's usually like, you know, you drink way too much coffee um, to stay awake. Or if when you drink coffee, it That's doesn't um, keep you awake. <laughs> um, but you can... <laughs> so that could be like a sign. But honestly... You don't say. <laughs> okay. Honestly, there's so many different ways to release stress. Like mm-hmm. I, for me going for a good run, going for a workout really releases stress and yeah. it, you know, helps with all the chemical, the good chemicals going through your system. Um, so exercise could be one massage, like laughing mm. more, um, hanging with certain friends, but 
uh, yeah, I mean. You think insurance will cover my massage? <laughs> should. It really um, should. <laughs> I think that we should make it a try. Insurance is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. If I I'm going to pay that, I you should give me insurance and it's like, wow. Yeah, I feel no. like I need to get sick just to justify me having oh, insurance. <laughs> same. No, I hate paying for it. Yeah, it I'm was like, crazy. I'm like, why though. am I so healthy? I pay like $1,000 in health insurance every month. <laughs> See, my mom told me to get that catastrophic coverage. Yeah. And I just thought, ugh, I feel like that's a bad omen. Let <laughs> me not. Can we? Yeah, I know, right? It's like you're covered, but you're like, wait, why? Why do I have this? I if I die, hopefully, I don't have to use this. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, knock on wood. Well, thank you for giving me so much great advice. I had so much fun hey, listening to fun. your whole story. That was very like, I feel like we just hung out. Me that too. Was super fun and easy. I love getting to know you more. Um, what do you have coming up? And where can, I know you mentioned, but where can my listeners follow you? Well, they can follow me on Instagram, Lauren Drain Fit. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm doing weekly YouTube channel uploads at Lauren Drain. And I also have Facebook Lauren Drain. So hit me your questions and I'll figure out what you guys want me to answer. Hell yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of Eyes Up Here. Be sure to rate and subscribe for your girl. I'd appreciate it. And we will see you later. (laughs) Bye.